Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. As usual, my name is Rohan and with me, I have Phil as usual. Hey, Phil. Hey, Rohan. And we are also joined with Peter. How's it going? Yeah, hi. Thanks. Good. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and the ESP Home projects. Configuration is done by the user interface, so there's no fiddling with router settings, SSL certs, or any YAML. All right, let's jump into it. Peter, how's it going? What brings you on our show today? Well, um, I've been waiting quite quite a, quite a bit to get on here. Um, I know this is some... this has been a bit of a. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we're finally able to get you <laughs> on. I know we've been going back and forth a bunch. Yeah. So no, I, uh, I I I want to talk to you about my my home assistant journey and uh, how to mm-hmm. use uh, how to use uh, home assistant for you know real stuff and real uh, actual problem solving. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess you know we we get a lot of people on the podcast. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I've integrated Hue, I've integrated my Z Wave, and I've done all this cool stuff. But actually, um, really loved your email that you sent in. I was like, wow, okay, that's a, a great use case. So, why don't you tell us um, what got you home or what got you here today? Uh, maybe I start with just uh, how I got into automation broadly. Mm, yeah. I guess uh, I. Um, I'm getting older, so I was I was born in the early eighties, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. I kind I kind of always liked the dream of you know uh, building your own tech. I don't know why yeah. it just stuck with me. Uh, sure. So, as I think the first thing I did was um, back in maybe oh seven, we my wife at the time and I we bought our first apartment, and I really want to have an like a home cinema. Um, so we bought a four bedroom or a three bedroom, uh, had a kid on the way. So he got a room, we got a bedroom and I took the last room as, you know, and I built an actual home cinema, uh, yeah. big screen, everything like double seater. Nice. And I wanted to, uh, like, I wanted to automate it. So, and I found this, I mean, we're talking like, you know, I don't know, Windows ME was the latest version or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's right. It wasn't it. It was Millennium Edition. Was that I think that's what it was called. But then they also yeah. like sort of pivoted at some point to like media edition as well yeah. because they there, wanted there, to like, make MCE, it into like media center edition. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, memories. Yeah, those are cool. And and I really wanted to I, I really wanted to use that, but it wasn't really compatible with like cable in Sweden, you know. So right. let's uh, just say I had other ways to get media. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I wanted to play that. So uh, I got the Xbox MC. Um, and, uh, and then I found this really nifty like uh, USB receiver, like IR receiver. I think it was called mm-hmm. USB UIRT or something. Uh, really generic. Uh, but, uh, and then I had a program called Event Ghost. Uh, where you could actual do actual automations, um, and they had they had support for this one standard of um, I think it was called Telbus uh, that used okay. uh, four thirty three megahertz uh, mm. megahertz uh, you know the smart outlets. Um, so I so I had those. Uh, basically, what you could do was like on and off, but that was yeah. fine enough because you know I could press the play button and every light, the light goes out, and I could just watch the movie. Yeah, that's cool. But I really wanted to get in, like, you know, like have real automation. So I um, I think it was a time when uh, SmartThings had a Kickstarter going. 
mm-hmm. for their first hub. And I waited for that for so long. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then when I got it, it was like, well, it's kind of an anticlimax, you know? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. Uh, and then I, you know, uh, Hugh and IKEA got, you know, they released their hubs and I, I basically bought everything and just tried it. Um, and then, uh, then we got a house. Uh, so I kind of, you know, from the start, just wanted to like uh, put everything in. And uh, Hugh was actually great. I think Philips Hugh has been, they, they've probably done more for home automation than any other company, you know, in the early mm-hmm. days at least. Because they were kind of affordable and it worked. Uh, and they were like stable. Uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely think like they've sort of kicked off the, the smart home scene right now. Like the yeah. affordable do-it-yourself smart home stuff, right? Like all the... Uh, TP-Link, uh, the Sonoffs, I think, have all been, like, Philips just sort of exposed that market and then want that there's people out there, hey, I want to buy this stuff, right? And sort of, away we go. So, yeah, I yeah. totally agree. I mean, Homeless wouldn't be here if Paulus wasn't tinkering around with Philips Hue, right? Exactly. I love hearing those stories, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just so cool. Uh, but anyway, so I basically built, uh, I built, the automation in this house for around you um, and um, the integration with the home kit and uh, then ikea they started releasing mm-hmm. stuff and i really you know it's kind of they came in at a, at a nice like a great price yes. so uh it's like hey maybe i try this and i tried to pairing them to the hue hub i wasn't ever really successful like i could get it working but it wasn't really sta- as stable as right. using own things um, but IKEA and and then they released like the first blind, you know, like the first smart blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, okay, this is the future, you know. Now, now we're talking because lights is just lights, you know. You had you had light automation everywhere for forever, basically. Sure, but just that, uh, just uh, that smart shades. I got a couple of those storage integrated them. And then back in, has to be 2008, was five years ago, I -hmm. was out, I uh, took my bike out uh, one one evening to uh, just, you know, it was like this early summer, kind of, you know, too late to get into the bathing bathing season, but, uh, you know, better late than ever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I took the mountain bike out and... uh, like an hour in, I uh, had a fall. Went right. over, landed in my head, blacked out. Ooh, and then I woke up and I was like, oh man, that kind of hurt, you know? I got to yeah. go check the bike. Tried to get up and the only thing that moved was my head. Uh, oh man. Sugar. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. So... Uh, and after a while, I just realized uh, I broke my neck. Yeah. I, the only thing that moved was I could uh, like swivel my head back and forth and I could uh, move my biceps. Nothing right. else worked. Damn. Right. And this was, I don't know, maybe eight o'clock at night or something, eight, nine. Yeah. Oh, wow. So uh, I could hear people, you know, on the trail beside me. Because I was I was out in in like the forest, but not like far away. 
Um, yeah, you weren't like deep into it or anything. You just kinda, no, it wasn't deep. It yeah. just off the trail. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I could hear people. I was like, oh man, I better call for help. But um, yeah. when you don't have working muscles in your stomach, you can't really yeah. call. Like uh, you can't shout. Right. Wow. So I could hear people go by, but they couldn't hear me. Oh no, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. Uh, but uh, yeah, after a while, you know, the trail it get uh, get quiet, and you know, mm-hmm. it's like okay, maybe I better fall asleep to because get some of the morning joggers or something. Um, yeah. So woke up next day, you know, oh that was a bad dream. Realized no, it wasn't a bad dream. Uh, yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I spent the day there. I just lying there. Um, but after, I think, 22 hours or something, they, were, um, they found me. Uh, rushed to the hospital, had surgery, uh, and came out and, you know, the doctor said, well, you're basically paralyzed from the, uh, like, from the neck down. You could, I, I could move my arms. Right. Like, uh, no tricep, but I could use my uh, bicep, basically. The hands yep. weren't working. Uh, and then I spent, hmm. I don't know, nine months in the hospital uh, doing physical therapy and everything. And uh, right. I, uh, I, I did break my neck. I crushed my, the fifth vertebrae. So I have a titanium cage that's hold my spine together. Uh, yeah. But my actual spinal cord wasn't severed in some kind okay. of miracle. I still, mm. right. So I, so I have what they call an incomplete neck injury, like um, where I still have, some functional list. Um, yeah. yeah. So right now I have one arm that's pretty okay. Uh, and I have one leg that's, um, I have, I'd say maybe 60% motion in. And the yeah. other one I can basically use to like a peg leg. <laughs> so I can yeah. stand right, right. and I can, I can walk. Uh, but I, you know, I kind of say like, I walk like a drunken pirate. <laughs> and I have the bio- <laughs> <laughs> and I have the balance of a drunken pirate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so th- that's where I that's where I was five years ago. Got home wow. uh, and kind of started thinking about this home automation thing. You know, maybe it's time to actually see what it can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so a friend of mine was like, uh, because I started, you know, working out with the home kit and then doing that and see what, what I can do. Uh, and then a friend was, of mine was like, if you want to get sensors in, you know, maybe you should look at something else. And I got a hold of, a, of, an, of an old, like, micro server. It's a super micro, like mm-hmm. they're kind of half tower ones. It's crazy overpowered for what I need it for because it's like a 16-core C on processor with 128 gigs of RAM. So, right. you know. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe just a little right. overkill. Maybe yeah. just a little. <laughs> yeah. And I had a Raspberry Pi 3, so I started, you know, I, I started with that. Uh, I was yeah. like, this isn't really working. I just tried a server. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Damn, great. That's it's it's, it's like going from a toy car to a Ferrari, right? It's, it's, it's the... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah. but I'm prototyping in a Ferrari, so I. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it's sometimes when I listen to the show too, when people ask like, "Has really bad performance?" Not, I've never had that problem. I don't <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Like, 
Why doesn't yeah. everyone just use 128 gig RAM server? Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I mean, it's it kind of one of those, when you have the tool, you know, you can yeah, start using it for everything. So yeah, uh, I run a, quite a lot of things on that server now. So, um, nice. so I, I got into, I, I got Homebridge running. Uh, it's a big, like big deal. Uh, and I got uh, Home Assistant running and, and I moved everything over, you know. Yeah. Integrated Hue, um, started to move all the automations uh, that I had in Hue, uh, all the lights, I got IKEA integrated. Uh, I bought one of those uh, uh, Texas Instruments uh, Zigbee sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CC2531, is it? Or is that a different brand? I can't remember. I got one of the early ones. Mm-hmm. I actually have one of the Home Assistant Sky Connects, but I've been too I've been too worried to move everything over. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Because it, it, you know, it works now. Um, so, yeah. but uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, we, um, I, I, I got you know, because one of one of the things because I spend most of the time in a wheelchair. Like I, that's how I get around. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. When you're in a wheelchair, every light switch is in the wrong place. Doesn't matter where yeah. you are, it's in the wrong place. Yeah. yeah. Usually you roll in and then you have to turn around to turn the lights on. And so that's just not working. Annoying. So yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's the first thing I did. Like I put motion sensors in every room. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I go against most of you guys because I don't use them to really turn the lights off. I basically use them to turn everything on. Yeah. yeah. And and that's okay. Like, uh, I, I have really long timeouts. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was going to ask because you're, you're, because obviously you're, you're not standing, right? Or, and you can't like, you know, it's one of those things where the lights turn off if they're after a certain time, after no motion, whatever. And you like swing your arms and stuff like that. Obviously uh-huh. that's not, that's not necessarily easy for you to do or, or possible depending on, depending on the situation. Right. So, exactly. How did you? How did you? Uh, how did you set your automations to to deal with that piece? Uh, for uh, like for my office, for instance, I um, mm-hmm. um, I actually changed over to one of those uh, everything presence ones. Mm-hmm. Have you seen yeah. those the okay. millimeter rare? Yep. Yeah, that's uh, great, and it's that's working. It's fantastic. Just yeah, I wish I had those in every instead. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. The precision is just amazing. Yeah. So, uh, but it, basically, what I do is I um, yeah. like I, I have long timeouts and I try to uh, I, I I use a light uh, like um, what time of day it is to set what type of light I get. So, right. uh, I for instance, I always like if you go into the bathroom, the lights always turn out turns on, and. <clears throat> I have two lights in the bathroom. I have the ceiling light and uh, like a, one of the mirrors. But mm-hmm. it's one of those, you know, like um, I think my wife got it to use it to have like get her makeup on. Uh, so yeah. it's it's not it's not uh, really pleasant, so to speak. Right, it's just bright. It's really mm. bright. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I have uh, I put one of these. Uh, uh, like uh, cordless buttons from a car up. They have like the two two switch. Yes, just yeah. uh, wireless. Uh, so you can turn the lights off, uh, turn on and off on that. 
and then I have like two, uh, like a two system because uh, there's also like a light switch on the wall. So, and I had one of those uh, Akara in wall switches, mm-hmm. but everything is connected. So if you turn the light on, like you press the switch, the light, uh, the ceiling light is on. It just turns everything on. Uh, but if the mirror light is off uh, or on, turns everything off. Uh, right. And then there's like a timer. So I, I, that's that's basically how I work with them. Like if you manually turn the light off, it won't turn it on again for right. I don't know how many seconds. Okay. Okay. And that that gives but, you enough time to exit the room and and stuff like that exactly. as well. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But it, you know, it gets quite expensive for something you could just use Eesh. a basic mm-hmm. motion sensor to do. Yeah, yeah. But I have, I actually have got stuck once. Uh, we were visiting a company and I went to the bathroom. Uh, I actually moved over to, you know, like sit on the toilet uh, and the motion mm. sensor just didn't register me. So the lights got it turned off and I couldn't oh. get it on again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was sitting there, you know, using my one good arm trying to get it to. And this was like in the wheelchair uh, bathroom. Uh, So I had to get my phone out and and get, you know, like just a flashlight to light everything up. Oh, no. Yeah. So uh, after that, I was like, okay, that's not happening at home, at least. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's it's yeah. it's lessons in design the hard way, right? Is uh, what mm-hmm. what don't I want, and how how yeah. how would I rather it act, right? Is yeah. is unfortunately what it is. But that's the great thing with with a home assistant too, because mm-hmm. most of most of the automations that I run, like you know, I set up a basic one, like I set up the conditions and everything, and then if if I'm somewhere like where I think the automation should work, but it doesn't, like. You can usually figure out why didn't the conditions actually trigger now, and you can just put it up on your phone and change it, you know, mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, and you can I, test I, each condition too, right? Like, okay, exactly. What, what's exactly. which condition yeah. actually didn't work, right? Like, yeah, even if you've got yeah. the automation in YAML, I really find that uh, beneficial, right? Like, okay, here's an automation. You can see the traces. Let's yes. just go through mainly right now. Why isn't this condition working? Um, exactly. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. The only thing I wish was that the, uh, like, picking things in the drop-down lists on your phone, mm. uh, that interface is not great. Mm. But yeah, the, then again, the uh, drop-down list, yeah, needs to be a little bit nicer. I'm guessing. I, I don't know what it is either. Yeah. It's just it's not scrollable in a like intuitive way, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, and also like it. What I would like is, uh, like, if you could write a couple of characters in, it would actually filter on those. But it doesn't really. It filters on, like, the first characters, not... Yeah, it sort of does, like, a, not a, a whole, like, a fuzzy match against anything in the name. It's sort of, you've got to get it in the right order. I find, like, yeah. uh, even, like, if I'm trying to do, uh, let's say, you know, Phil's blind, but it might be called, you know, uh, blind Phil. Like, if you do it around uh-huh. the wrong way, it just it won't... Right show up right yeah that's one of the that's one of the things i would like to uh, would be more intuitive i think or Mm. and and it also comes down to i don't know how you guys do it but i haven't found a good way to name things yeah in uh, name like devices and everything 
I've tried to keep things consistent in terms of like uh, when I'm doing like my entity IDs, I'll try and do like uh, the name of the room first and then what it is. So, you know, for example, if it's a lot of good, like, uh, no, sorry, the other way around, I'll do like living room underscore light or living room underscore blind um, just to keep, you know, like all the entity IDs. So then when I am filtering, I can go, all right, it's in the living room. And then I'll, know, I'll only get what's in that room. I can sort of filter out from that list. Whereas if I go um, the other way around, I'm doing like, you know, lights. I'm going to get lights from every single room and it's not going to be what I'm after, right? So that's why I've I've tried to keep it, but it doesn't work out that well, right? Like I still, I'll be in my YAML and I'll be like, oh, that's around the wrong way. That's frustrating, but I'm not going to move it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and at some point you're just, you know, captured by your system. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty big on immediately naming things the way the way I would like it it's just it's how my brain is wired like even yesterday Phil and I were messing around with the uh Idison desk uh integration that just came out and uh I added it first thing I did well Phil was like okay let's try this I'm like no nah, I'm, I'm renaming this first to, <laughs> to office oh, task, right? those like, random it's, characters it's, at the end that have no idea what they are you know it's yeah yeah so it's it's yeah so it's it's that kind of thing right I think it's just it's just drilled into me. It's proper labeling of uh-huh. things. And, and it's just how I've always had it. And, but same thing like Phil, I'll do like room name and then light, right. Or room name and then like door or whatever, right. Like sensor, like that kind of thing. Yep. The only thing I, the only thing I don't like about that is like, I repurpose stuff all the time. Uh, yeah. Like if I reveal mm-hmm. it. So I have, I have a light for instance that it's called spare and I don't know mm-hmm. where it is anymore. <laughs> right but it reports that it's on sometimes it's on yeah <laughs> it's uh that's always good that's always yeah that's funny that reminds me of like my um random like devices on my network i'll just go hey what's that ip address oh it's a raspberry pi oh yeah i know that raspberry pi. that's my raspberry pi. where is that raspberry pi and then i'll go <laughs> hunting for it like i've no <laughs> idea where it is right like plugged in yeah, somewhere yeah. reporting don't know what it's doing but i guess it's h to it just don't know where it physically is yeah that's funny. do you guys like uh run uh unify uh equipment like, i don't uh, no like, yeah uh, they have a that's <clears throat> kind of hallucinates uh, device names and everything sometimes like oh, if, some, if something had an IP, sometimes like oh, okay, it's this. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, if yeah. you have enough, if you depending on the platforms you're using, if uh, again, obviously, I deal in the enterprise wireless world, like for my day job, right? And well, enterprise network world. But uh, I had a customer that uh, they'd actually lost a lot of their that they'd lost one of their assets. I think it was like a laptop or something like that. And they're like, you know, it's, we think it got stolen, whatever. And before they were going to file a police report, they actually were like let me go log in and have a look. And and one of the things we do is build a map and like you can triangulate stuff, right? Asset tracking kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, and they're like, wait a second, I see it. And it's powered on. Like, so it's physically here. So the guy went in and checked and it was just yeah. like on top of a cabinet and there was a bunch of stuff on top of it or something like that. And they were just like, yeah, like, oh, that was <laughs> almost really embarrassing when we called the police for that. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, we need that for home. <laughs> we definitely need that for home. Where's my phone? Where's my remote? Exactly. Or what is on my, what what is actually on my network and where is it? Yeah. Yeah. Especially now where, where access points are coming down in price and you can, you can actually Mm -hmm. have a couple of them. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. But I digress. (laughs) 
Uh, so, um, yeah, that's lights. Uh, that that's one of the big yeah. things I do. Uh, and another thing that it's um, you know uh, changing uh, changing batteries and stuff is really hard now. Yeah. Um, so I have uh, I have a battery page in Home Assistant. Yeah. So uh, whenever someone comes by, no, I kind of check the battery page and no. Would you yeah. mind picking that up or yeah. doing that or? So uh, yeah. that's really useful. It's kind of hard to do in any in most other systems. That's really hard to do. Yeah, Be- because some I don't know why, but I, I think it's kind of those one of those convenience things. Like we don't even show battery power unless it's low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For instance, IKEA does that. I think Hugh does that on most things too. Uh, and I guess I guess it makes it easier for users if like. But for me, for instance, it's really. I really need to have things working. So yeah, yeah. and you'd rather know something's at eighty percent versus seventy percent. Exactly. Like you want to know what what the state is for everything, right? Exactly. You don't want to know just know when it's when it's low. As right now, I just I, I put up a, you know, on the dashboard. I have like a battery page that lists everything in what kind of categories yeah. they're in, and, and I use one of those cards, like battery cards. It's yeah. really nice. So like anything that's yellow, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Coming by for a coffee, you're probably changing a battery. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, it's 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 not something that obviously that you're able to do yourself, right? And get get help where you need it. So, uh, but uh, but also, I I started to move over to uh, actually connect things to mains. Mm, so right. I, uh, especially the the blinds, for instance, the IKEA blinds. I uh, one of them I I took apart, just uh, solder on some. Uh, connections on it and uh, one of those you know step down converters yeah mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of it's kind of funny i i didn't i didn't really know this but uh, you know the battery in in for instance ikea blinds i think it's rated at like 7.2 volts but if you actually give the the if you actually give it 7.2 volts it reports like 60 percent battery or something or 70 percent battery oh, that's interesting. so you have to overvolt it to uh to get it up to a hundred or mm-hmm. oh that's interesting yeah so just on on that i'm gonna ask a, a strange word so <laughs> how so how one one here getting the blinds down are you waiting for someone to come over and say hey oh why are you here can you pull that blind down and similar with mm-hmm. the motion sensors when you decided okay i need to put motion sensors around the room are they at a height where you can get to them in your chair or if you got them up in the ceiling so it gets more like can see more of the room like how have you decided to go about those like that um most motion sensors are just on the wall where i can or they're you know i I can't stand up if i hold on to something or or so so most of them are are i'd say at one and a half to one one point six meter or something okay Uh, but but the main actually what i it because i have most of the philip hue motion sensors and they report temperature as well yep. and so if you put them high up they they usually a couple of degrees higher than yeah and and i think maybe that goes into the other thing i use it's like for heating automations uh one of the things that you lose when you uh, break your neck is uh, the ability to sweat below the uh the oh, interesting. level which means that you can't really re- uh keep your temperature down. Mm. Right. And you can't feel that you can't keep your temperature 
temperature down right, either. Right, so right. you can basically get a heat stroke if it's like, you know, 26 degrees and you're there wow. for too long. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of insane. It's uh, summers are uh, crazy now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I have um, uh, this uh, Netatmo uh, radi- ra- automated radiator thing is mm-hmm. around everywhere. Uh, and I had to install three ACs as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, but heating automation, you know, assistance, it's actually quite nice. Especially yeah. if you have, if you have a couple of sensors around where you can average out uh, the yep. temperature readings. So that that's really yeah. nice. I think, uh, and helpers have been a godsend because I had to do it in YAML first and it's okay to do it for one or two things when yeah. you're doing it for every room. And yeah, it gets annoying. Now it's just point and click, right? Give me these two sensors and give me the average or whatever. And mm-hmm. you're yeah. done. Yeah. Helpers. Have, I think helpers is still underrated. They, mm. uh, they are yeah. really great. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and if I could make a wish, uh, there's one helper I would like. Uh, it's a calibration helper. I'd like a, Ooh, I would yeah. like a, uh, I would like a generic calibration uh, helper, because most systems, if you have, I don't know, if you ever tried to, uh, do you have uh, those Mifloras, for instance, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the measure soil. It's like you put them in a glass of water, like sixty percent, sixty percent wet. Like, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> right. So just like like a, like a factor of like yeah. Add this yeah. much, or or multiply this by X, whatever. I would just, I would just like a helper where you can, you know, and you can actually have a one that you could tie to a device, so it actually mm-hmm. shows up on the device page. Uh, yeah. So you could say this device, uh, this sensor, and these are the values that I expect to be, you know, hundred percent, zero percent, or whatever it is. Like this is the range. Just give me the. Give me a you know rate or give me a new calibration for yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I'm sure you could do with a, a template sensor, but once again, right, you're in oh, YAML, Ginger, and it's like a pain in the ass, right? Yeah, it's not, it's not easy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for ESPO, for instance, you you can do it. Uh, like uh, if you get a, you have to do it basically if you uh, if you get an analog value in. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it, because we do have temperature offsets for kind of you know many things but right. just to uh, have a generic calibration temp- uh, helper would be it would make it so much easier and i think mm-hmm. you could use it in quite a few places um, yeah yeah so those are the th- those are the big ones and uh, i think that i haven't you know I, I i wasn't really sure how much they meant you know <laughs> to actually have light working and and uh temperature uh, and temperature yeah Mm. And so, do you have anything like a, a smartwatch or anything to help regulate like your body temperature? Like, could you have, I mean, I guess you are wearing one, um, but are you like, does that, can that report into home distance and say, okay, like you're now overheating, let's either alert you or, you know, automatically if you're home, automatically turn on the aircon or something like that? I guess I could. I haven't really thought of it. That's a great idea though. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for me, I mean, I since I still have, uh, so, like, I still have some function. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't feel heat and cold basically. 
Um, right. So, so yeah, that would be, that would actually be quite good. Uh, I yeah. kind of, you know, I kind of notice it because I get groggy. Uh, and, uh, you know, sure. so, so uh, and, and then I can just check, you know, oh, it's getting too, or it's getting too hot in here. Yeah. But most of it is automated. Like, I, I, I don't know. This is. I think this is one of the big things we have, like in the community. It's like, should the home automation system actually, you know, be just in the background and do its thing, or should you have like, is it the convenience that you can control it with your phone, or should you control yeah. it? Right, uh, right. And for me, it's Ooh. always been. It should be invisible. It should be in the background. Yeah, you know. Yep, just doing, works. Doing its thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. So let me ask you this then. Um, Two-part question. One is your most useful automation uh, and then the second one is your most fun automation. Again, they don't have to necessarily be the same. They could be the same, but but uh, okay. what are what are those? The most useful one I have is a really simple one. Uh, I have a sensor on my mailbox that tells mm-hmm. me if everyone has opened it, and then it turns a light red on the outside of my garage. Okay. So when I pull up to the house, I can actually see if I have mail or or not. Nice. nice. And that's it's so easy and it's so useful because, yeah. especially if I'm like, uh, I can't walk down to the mailbox, you know, and it's it's not that far. It's maybe thirty meters uh, or sure. forty, but but I have to take the car, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's still a task. during the day. Exactly. Yeah. So I have to go down to the garage, you know, get into the car, uh, yeah. go down there, like drive down. And then I have to, you know, look at the neighbors when they see that I took the car to the mailbox, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah. no, that that's my u- most useful one. Uh, and it's also, okay. you know, if someone comes by, they can see that the light is on. So they usually, you know, bring Grab the mail in. for you. That's nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the uh, that's the uh, that's the uh, probably the the best the useful. One. Most How about useful. the most fun? Oh, I have so much fun <laughs> ones. Uh, <laughs> All right, give us your top two. Oh, my top two. Uh, um, it's not an automation; it's it's a necessary. Like yeah, I have a stream yeah. deck. Mm-hmm. You guys seen those? Like they'll got a stream yeah. deck. Yeah, I've got one here too. And that that one is just yeah. so useful. Yeah, and it's fun imagine. too because you can you can do whatever with it, you know. So I have smart locks everywhere. Um, yep. So when someone rings the door, I can just press a button, and if I'm logged into my computer, you know, and just opens the door. Mm-hmm. That, that 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 one's really really great. Uh, and and with the stream deck, it's uh, you can, because you can customize it. Uh, yeah. So, so I actually have I have one button that's my email address, so I don't have to fill it in everywhere. So I just press nice. that and just yeah, that's, that's cool. Uh, that's great. Oh yeah, like the stream deck. Like 
think like you know it's obviously aimed at streamers but um mm-hmm. and if you listen to we had Rosemary Orchard on um and she does the automators podcast they've done a few um things for Mac with Stream Deck as well right like there's so yeah. many cool uh use cases in the automation space that you can use this thing for right like um, mm-hmm. I actually use it every day when I'm using my computer at home uh to resize windows because I have an ultra wide monitor um yeah. and it's you know a pain in the ass to you know get one uh, window over here and another window over there and get it exactly 50-50. So I can just rearrange my desktop, push a button, and there's apps out there that you can take it to the next level, right? Push a button Uh and it just sets up your computer for work mode, puts all the windows Uh in the right place, and then, of course, you get all these extensions, right? Home Assistant, I think there's... um, Yeah, yeah, you can expose anything, right? Like I've got, you know, like I can control my Sonos through my Stream Deck, right? Um, Uh Pause music... Um, start meeting modes, yeah, like really underrated device. Yeah. I have uh, one of those uh, Broadlink. Mm. The RM4 Transceivers. Pro. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. So uh, that one is, uh, <laughs> I actually have it connected so I can press a button here on my stream deck. It will turn the, f- it will turn the fan <laughs> on yep. in like one of those standing fans, you know, like uh, yeah. and it yeah, can yeah, control yeah, oscillation yeah. and speed and everything from it. Um, so the, and, and it's so easy, but, but that's the best automation. So that, that's the best accessories, you know? Mm, yeah. And another fun one I have is, uh, I have a counter on my cat box because okay. uh, my cat is usually, uh, she's usually outside most of the mm-hmm. summer season. And I don't, you know, like cleaning the cat box out is a real hassle because I have to, you know, sit down on the floor Get and do down, it. It's yeah. kind of a project. Mm. So. so I put one of those uh, vibration sensors on there. Um, and I just have a counter in Home Assistant that I nice. show how many times she's been in there. Um, nice. So that's also one other thing you might get to do when you come visit or come grab a cup of coffee. You know? <laughs> come go. grab a coffee and clean out my cat's shit. There you go. <laughs> exactly. the cat box. <laughs> <laughs> ah. That's funny. <laughs> uh, another, another one I have is uh, I have a check for my... Um, uh, robot uh, mower, like how, like the yeah. mower, uh, yeah, 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 Klarna. yeah. I, I actually look forward to see what we do with that automation, it's quite new, or that, um, what do you call it? Uh, the type. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was gonna ask, have you started using that? Like, is it integrated with Home Assistant as a lawnmower, or is it still coming soon to part of being like properly supported? Don't know actually. It's uh, because it was a vacuum for the longest time with mm. uh, Robonic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder. I, if, I know, like I, I, it was what twenty twenty three dot nine. They came like they released it, and then yeah, it's really it only a, yeah, only a certain amount of not every vacuum has been moved over to the lawnmower component yet. Yeah, yeah um, there's, I mean, it doesn't really make a difference, but no. still. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really no different than, than a vacuum, right? Like, functionally, it does the same thing. Instead of yep. edge-sweeping thing, it's mm-hmm. got very sharp blades that's cutting your grass, right? Like it's, uh, but I, I'm, 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 I, don't, I don't know that, that we've actually talked to anybody that's owned one of these. So, because it, it's one of those things where I, 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 I like mowing the lawn, but I just never end up, like, doing it. Just, mm-hmm. there's so many other tasks that that's, gets in the way, right? So, it's like... What's your experience with it like? Just give me the quick and dirty review um, of of a robot lawnmower. <laughs> so w- when I bought this house, yeah, 
I looked at the lawn, and it's a uh, it's like a three thousand square meter uh, yard. Yep. Yeah. So the first thing I said was like, I'm not mowing that, and my <laughs> wife was like, I'm not mowing that either. So <laughs> I actually bought the robots before we really moved in. That's amazing. It was, okay. It was just part of the house, you know. Yeah. It's like this yeah, is going into the mortgage. House. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I don't care. It's going into the mortgage. You know, give give me the biggest one you have, basically. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's been working awesome. It's yeah. Been, okay. It's been so good. It's. I mean, the first year, of course, you have to do some actual like physical changes to the area because it gets stuck. Mm-hmm, uh, right. But like, but once you get that out, it's uh, it's just uh, just a workhorse, basically. Yeah, yeah. Changing the knives once a year or twice a year and and just clean it up and and everything. Yeah. Um, the the Husqvarna ones they they have the wire right around the perimeter or is it uh, is it GPS? No, it uh, they have GPS now, but I have the wired yeah. uh, wired okay. one. The, I I actually did this one wasn't even Wi-Fi equipped because like I got it back in yeah two thousand fourteen or something. Um, but I, I found this really crazy German that has built. Uh, it's kind of a hack. You know, yeah. they because uh, it's like a device that you 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 can put in your into the mower and uh, connect it to the battery, and then it then it connects between the uh, like the control unit and the display. Um, nice. So it reads it reads whatever the data is coming through, and then it emulates you actually pressing the buttons on the display. Oh wow, amazing! Which is a brilliant idea. Yeah, you know, yeah. and he was like, "I want a hundred euros for this." I'm like. Okay, you know, shut up and take the money. <laughs> take it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Uh, but the cool thing about it is, like, it can actually it can actually read the diagnostics as well. Uh, so I, I installed this uh, actually this summer, mm-hmm. uh, and it's reading it out. And my uh, my mower had, I think, five and a half thousand thousand hours of runtime. That's quite wow. amazing for something that That's only has like two and a half months a year you know yeah yeah so uh, yeah it's been great uh, and i think it's one of those things that probably you know the simpler it is uh and the more more purposeful built it is the better it just it just works yeah yeah how do you find lawn clippings because i know like with lawn clippings like it doesn't have a catcher right so it just puts fine bits of grass along the grass do you find like it brings it into the house more, like it makes the yard dirtier, or you it, don't notice it at all? If, if you if you're early early in the season, and and what I do is like when I when I first start it, I I put it in the on the highest setting, mm-hmm. uh, so it cuts the grass. I don't know, maybe seven centimeters or something, um, and then you just lower it after a couple of weeks. Uh, when it go, like when it runs all the time, the clippings it actually does. It's like Two millimeter, two three millimeters or something. Yep. Uh, so that actually works like fertilizer for your lawn as well. Yeah. yeah so nice. it's yeah, it's supposed I mean, to be really good. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I haven't like I never do anything to the lawn. You know, I never fertilize yeah. it or something yep. like that. Yeah, that's good. Just seems yeah. like a hustle. Here they actually they actually encourage you to uh, to 
with mulch all your lawn uh, clippings, and and which is what what I do as well. Um, mm-hmm. Like instead of bagging it and stuff like that, it's just for for me at the end of the year, like at the right before the winter comes. So like pretty much in in a few weeks, I'll be just raking it all up and taking it mm-hmm. out and probably doing a little bit of work. But for the but that the, to Peter's point, it's supposed to be extremely good for because even all the moisture and it helps trap some moisture in so you're not you're you're saving water and obviously all the nutrients and stuff like that is is uh at least that's what that's what our uh government's uh saying the municipal government here is saying too right so the the only thing though is like if if you let it run when it's like really raining Mm -hmm. uh it it creates this kind of paste and just stick and uh it's kind of like those papier mache things you did as a kid, you know. With, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so th- that's the only thing. But but I I have I I got one of those leak sensors, like a generic Zigbee leak sensor, and I three D printed the uh, like a what do you call it? Like a plate that catches water and just mm-hmm. let it run over the leak sensor. Uh, so now I now I know if it's raining outside. So I'm going to use that automaton. Uh, that in an automation next year just to keep it docked when it's yeah. raining. Well, that's it right now. Your home missus can say, no, it's wet outside. Don't go and mow the lawn. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. In terms of like, you know, design principles, right? Um, uh-huh. What, like, what, what would your, what would your kind of key tenants be? Um, if like, let's just say you're, you're moving into a new house, you can hundred percent customize it. You can build it the way you want light switches at the right heights and on all of those kind of things what would let's say like big five like you know how how would you design house today um given that you're in a wheelchair and 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 you have restrictions yeah sure Uh, first of all i think i I think like everything you have to think about the back end Mm -hmm. so like you have to have a stable setup and for me that has been uh like i have ups's for everything yeah. Um, all the tech stack has, has an UPS connected to it because I have had problems with something as simple as you know uh, the IKEA IKEA hub, for instance. Uh, mm-hmm. If it if it loses its connection and gets a new IP, you can actually lose like Zigbee connectivity to it, or you can yeah. actually lose devices to it. And and that wow. sort of thing is just so easy to have uh, like an UPS, especially if you have brownouts or or. Uh, something like that. That's um, yeah. one of the things, and the same thing for the server. And it's been it can't be say you know too many times. It's like backup, test your backups, you know. Yeah. And for me, I run. I actually run Home Assistant on Proxmox. Okay. So uh, I back up like the actual instance or the uh, virtual machine. So I back that up to a separate location as well, uh, and then I do. I have backups in Home Assistant as well that goes. Uh, I've set it up so it goes to um, an off offsite location as mm-hmm. well, so mm-hmm. I can roll back. And then you need to test your system, you know. Yeah. Like pull the internet cord, see what actually happens. Oh, hundred percent. Pull that internet cord. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's amazing, like how many local things right stop working when you pull out that <laughs> internet cord. Break. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would like though. And then this is, the, I, I don't know, have you guys run Pi-Hole, for instance? Um, uh, I run uh, AdGuard, so similar. Yeah, similar. Uh, yeah. But for Pi-Hole, I, I have two instances. 
I have one on my virtual machine. I have one on a Raspberry Pi that's like on a separate connection and they can do failover. Right. And that is something I would like to, to have for home assistants as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Where, you know, you, you can have, like you can run your, your uh, main instance and then you can have a backup one on like a yellow or something. Yeah. yeah. And if this goes down, just move over to the other one. Yeah. I was trying like very hard to get that. Um, I had uh, Rohan actually got me onto a plugin, uh, was remote home assistant uh, plugin, which is available in Hacks, and essentially I could link yeah. up two instances of home assistant right and share entities across them. Um, and the idea being that you know if uh, server A is pinging server B and server B goes down, then server A would you know turn on a bunch of its automations to carry over. Um, but you know when you do things like Zigbee radios, Z-Wave radios. Mm-hmm. When yeah. they're, you know, when the host machine goes down with those radios, you also lose that whole connection, right? So it was really hard yeah. for, yeah. Yeah, unless I had, you know, my Z-Wave running on a hub, which isn't impossible to do, but then you've got to have yeah. a failover for that, right? And you just get sort of all happening everywhere. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's well, tricky. I wonder with, with Matter, maybe, maybe, there is some, maybe mm. there is some way in Matter where you can have like a... Yeah distributed hub basically yeah. a virtual hub that you can run somewhere potentially i, I don't know i haven't looked at matter to party but there's no like single controller right? like any like you could have multiple exactly. controllers you right? have multiple. So, yeah 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 and and i think i think that's the but the, the problem is it's going to be everything else that you run that's not matter right i mean i know mm. i know matter is the cool fun hot topic today I, but ninety nine percent of my devices that I have today I don't support it, and I'm not I'm not going to be throwing out my motion sensors from God seven years ago, whatever, because yep. because of matter, right? Like it's uh-huh. and and I think that's the problem. And and Phil, to your point, even you can have like multiple radios and stuff like that, but then you need to coordinate like, hey, I need my ZHA databases to to be replicated, and like like all of yep. those kind of things, right? And and that can really be annoying <laughs> deal with. Uh, yeah. I know. I know. Now they yeah. on that front, there's a little bit more where you can do things like uh, back up the database. I believe in ZHA. I thought. I thought I saw something around that. Yeah, Maybe you can do like, like yeah, but... backups and automatic backups every night. Well, yeah. So um, of, of, of and I'm talking of like the device uh, devices specifically from from ZHA, right? And same thing. Even I don't know on Zigbee MQTT. Uh, sorry, uh, Z-Wave MQTT. Wow. CWFJS JS <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Um, I don't know if that's uh, if it's possible there, but me and and if it is, then it problem is it requires coordination of like 18 different things there mm-hmm. to say okay, yeah. you need to move here, right? MQTT is actually easier to do because there are ones that much that easier have that out there, right? Um, and I mean, if you run if you run the MQTT server somewhere mm-hmm. else, you can actually have that in a failover state. And, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. That that's probably the one piece that is the easiest, uh-huh. but everything else is hard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But uh, the other thing, like uh, other things that I I really like is uh, like for my vacuum, for instance. If you want to challenge, try sitting in a chair and run a regular vacuum around your house. It's, oh um, God! Yeah, <laughs> it takes a while. So I have uh, actually have two now. I uh, have the. Uh, Roborock S7 that I run out shoots for. And that is also one of the fun ones because yeah. I've been working for home now for two years. 
Mm-hmm. So I I can't have the the vacuum going. So what I what I do is uh, every time I leave the house, and everyone left the house, that robot runs, uh, and then I then I have a simple helper that just you know increments the vacuum runs today by one, and then it check that if we leave again, you know. Nice. So uh, uh, that's really that's really good actually. That's. Uh, what I should do is uh, have one of those, like, you haven't vacuumed in this many days <laughs> and just yeah. have a persistent automa- or persistent uh, notification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. And then, you know, uh, integration with uh, voice assistants is, like, next big thing. I'm really looking forward to see what to do with the of the voice here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be some really cool stuff. That's, uh, I'm not sure when this episode's coming out, but... There's going to be some cool stuff coming. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing those. Yeah, well, custom wake words are here, so that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm, yeah, like chapter four, uh, pretty good. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I would just, I can't believe how fast uh, voice control is locally. Um, they're yeah. done, yep. so I'm really excited to see. Uh, I think next year, like I know 2023 was like the year of the voice, but I think <clears> next year is where it's, we're going to actually be able to start seeing the fruits of the labor, right? Like being able to just go in and go, yep, here's assist yeah. um, and do all this. I don't know. Are you running any like voice, like off the shelf voice assistants at the moment? Like you've got like the Amazon Echo or the Google Home. Have you toyed with those yeah, for have, voice control? I have a couple of Google Homes. It's, uh, it's just one of those things, you know, when, when English isn't your primary language, yeah. and, uh, just naming things is so hard. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah. It doesn't, I mean, I use them. I have, I have yeah. a couple of them. So, you know, I do the basic things like good night routines and stuff like that. And it's only like when you have kids too, like when the kids kind of figure out that I can actually control the house by saying <laughs> these random things. Yeah. It's dangerous. Know, it's yeah. like pandemonium. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. But I would like, uh, I, I mean, I, I have the thing, like I would really like to be able to just press a button on my stream deck and have it, you know, use use the voice. Uh, I, I don't, I don't even need a wake word. I, I need a, like a simple, simple command that Push it works locally, works fast and that can be like really customized. I yeah. wonder if you can if you can hook one of those uh, like the um, what is it the M five stack steps. out of oh yeah yeah like because it's got the little button in it and everything right so I wonder if you can actually like hook one of those up to a battery uh, like just like a battery bank right because they're just USB powered or whatever uh-huh. and should last you a while and yeah, that's uh, good, yeah. and just like keep it on you right even even if it's like underneath uh, like a wheelchair handle or something like that mm-hmm. you just push it and say turn on the bedroom light, whatever, right? Like that kind of thing. And and I think they're aiming for really good globalization support as well, right? So now you yeah. can natively say that in uh in in Swedish, right? And uh-huh. so it's like that would be kind of cool, right? Like um Yeah, that that would be a really cool thing. I I we couldn't get like when they when they announced that you, you couldn't really get those uh devices yeah. here. They were just sold out. So yeah, I actually yeah, yeah, thanks yeah. to I, there's, I bought there's, things to build my own in ESP, ESP Home. 
It's yeah. just that I have so many SP Home projects going, so it's you know it's down the list. <laughs> I hear you. No, the the uh, those ones are back in stock. At least, at least, I mean, for those of you listening at, at the time of this recording, um, so they I, I just bought two two days ago, three days ago, something like that, right? And um, so they are because they did uh, they weren't expecting <laughs> so many home assistant <laughs> listeners to go and be like, oh great, I'm going to get like five of these. Um, exactly. and, uh, which is what happened and uh so it looks like uh the uh the home assistant team worked with uh worked with m5 stack to say hey let's uh let's get a little more of these in and and do that kind of thing so it's uh yeah. i think that's good even though I, I like the idea to have like you know one of those old school red phones where you could just pick yeah. it up. Ah, uh, yeah. You know. The president's yeah. phone. <laughs> exactly. President's phone. Go to DEFCON yeah. 4, you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what that means is it just opens your garage door, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That's funny. So so going back to like kind of your 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 principles for design, like what what uh-huh. what other things? So you, you said like have a really reliable uh backend system right like power mm-hmm. everything what else and but what else like in terms of placement of stuff and and how you how you build different things like i mean if i would redo it now i'd probably run cables everywhere you know i yeah. just have cable cable outlets or or conduits yeah. going where you can actually put a like a simple thing like an open door sensor or like a read switch yeah. or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and especially like around windows and above windows so if you want to i've been trying to automate one of the vents here in my office for instance with a, a right now i have a fan that that i can use to blow hot air out to keep the temperature down um, yeah. but i i'd really, really like to i've been working on a building in like an iris for it so i can control the intake in the winter as well mm. yeah um but it it, it would be so much easier if it just had, you know, cables going there. Yeah. Um, and it's also like, I, I really believe in, like, if, if you're running sensors, they should be cabled. Uh, yeah. Because it's kind of one of those things like, <clears throat> okay, it's really it's really convenient to, you can place a, a wireless sensor anywhere. But, but if you're, if you're actually like relying on it, it has to work. And no matter what yeah. type, I mean, if something is wireless, you have two points of failure, both the connectivity and the actual power to it. Yeah. And some things are just, you know, they don't report their battery percentage correctly. Yeah. So uh, I have things like, it's like, where's that sensor? It's, a, I don't know, it's probably been out for, you know, a couple of days and you don't, like, mm-hmm. and you don't notice it until you need it. Um, so I think that's, yeah. that's probably the easiest, easiest change I would do. I guess especially uh-huh. especially if it's a critical one, right? And and like you said, like it's it's not you know it's for, especially it's it's not easy to go in and change batteries for you, right? Like it's it's you gotta exactly. you know typically get a friend or or something like that to get somebody to mm-hmm. help you with that, right? That that can especially if it's high up, right? If mm, you have like camera, a motion cameras system. for instance, yeah, so one of those. I had to change out my camera system too. Yeah, wired. Uh, wired on aura. Yeah, it's uh power over ethernet one no yeah 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 exactly right and 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 that kind of thing like that makes perfect sense right like that's but uh interesting any other any other key principles that you would you'd say for 
anybody out there that's that's looking to do this um i think keep it simple um it's really like start with the basic things and build from there uh, yeah it's it's so much easier to like you can imagine what you think it's going to be it's going to be like but it's so much easier to just build a basic automation and then and, uh like refine it over time that's um yeah, and don't also, go all you, know, in you, don't, you, yeah. you don't have to like you don't have to make it perfect, you know. It, uh, yeah. So that, that, that's what I that's what I do, and and it kind of iterates. I think that's that's the best thing. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Uh, I just want to give my props to the uh, ESP Home team, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, also 100%. say you know it's it's so cool that you can actually build your own sensors and electronics and everything i just uh for me it's you know i, I kind of like the this old you know like the dirty high tech or whatever you want to call it the gritty high tech mm-hmm. uh, you know growing up reading neuromancer and everything i just just so you can slap something something together and and you know use your 3d printer to print whatever casing or whatever you need uh, it's been so much fun I, i'm having so much fun yeah, and I think it was really cool that Nevercastle like picked up that project too, right? And just yeah, like, sure. kept it going. Yeah, it's such a good synergy. That, that's actually why why I subscribed. I I wasn't really using any of the services like anything yeah. as that. Uh, yeah, because I was looking around. Uh, do they have a patrons? Like, no, but you can you know have this cloud service. So I just subscribed to Nevercastle. I think. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's uh, a lot of a lot of folks are that. Yeah, I I mean I'm in that same boat too, right? It's, I actually had my entire thing set up for out of band and I can access it everywhere and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. you know, one, it's easier and two, it supports the project, right? And, and especially ESP home, it's been, uh, I'm looking forward to, to what they're doing. Uh, I mean, I, I, you can still, it's still in the early phases. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's to, they need more support for, for things, but I'm really looking forward to see what Absolutely. to do. Absolutely. Well, Peter, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, this was really, I, I mean, for me, it was really enlightening too. Just again, it's not something I experience every day, so I, I, I don't really understand it, right? So it's, uh, I appreciate you coming in and talking to us and, and talking to our listeners to about, you know, some of the challenges and, and even how you well, kind of overcome a lot of those pieces, right? So thank you so much for that. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. Well. This is why we, this is why we do the, uh, the podcast, right? Like, it's so cool to get these really interesting mm-hmm. use cases of home assistant and i think it also reminds people like you know yes home assistant is you know geeky it's nerdy but there's real use cases for it out there and like yeah. in the smart home space it's still early days right like it, there's so much potential out there yeah but it, also i think you have to give home assistant home assistant that is if you if you like maintain your setup it's really stable it yep. is really stable yeah yeah Agreed. So, a little bit of care and feeding goes a long way, right? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Peter. Um, and we'll catch everybody next time. Cheers. Thanks, Ruth. Cheers. If you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S podcast.io. Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. For links to topics we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.